Ditch the clowns on the left. And the jokers on the right. And join Michael Smirconish right here in the middle. This is the Smirconish Podcast for independent minds. You will be thrilled to know that many of the contrarian viewpoints that were just offered in the first hour of the program by callers are shared by my next guest. He doesn't agree with me either. A recent essay for CNN.com that he authored began this way. Crime is an important issue. There, I said it. The problem is not enough Democratic candidates are saying it. Some don't seem to know what to do about the issue. Who wrote those words? None other than Paul Begala, the Democratic strategist and CNN political commentator. You'll recall was a political consultant for Bill Clinton's presidential campaign and then went on to serve as a counselor to Clinton in the White House. Hey, Paul, thanks so much for being here on radio. I really appreciate it. And I enjoyed your piece for CNN.com. Oh, my gosh, Michael, it's always great to talk to you, my friend. So I I was making the case in the first hour of the program, maybe to the point of repetition, that each side 15 days from now has something to motivate the base. It's abortion and to a lesser extent, January 6th on the Democratic side of the aisle. And for the R's, it's the economy, it's the border. And yes, it's crime. And your argument is why are Democrats surrendering that issue? They do have a story to tell. Exactly. Exactly. I don't think Republicans want to talk about abortion because many of them, a great many of them, want to outlaw it in all cases for all time for all women. They know that's not popular. So they don't want to talk about it. I understand that. I don't understand why Democrats don't want to talk about crime because the Democrats actually do a better job on crime. You know, I worked for Bill Clinton. We passed a Joe Biden written crime bill that caused the biggest drop in crime in modern America. Oh, wait a minute. Are you still are you still owning that? Because I don't think Biden wants any 100%. part of it. Well, I don't know about Biden. I, I, I shouldn't say 100 percent. There were parts of it that were terrible, like any big piece of legislation. But most of it was great. And we dropped the crime rate. By the way, crime went down under Barack Obama. Uh, it went up 35 percent in 2019 under Donald Trump. You know, the Democrats have a case to make. The, the states that Biden carried have a 40 percent lower murder rate than the states that Trump carried. The top five murder states, Mississippi, Louisiana, Kentucky, Alabama, Missouri, what do they have in common? All run by Republicans. Democrats have a case to make. Republicans want to talk about crime, but I'm not going to take lectures on crime, by the way, from a party whose leader, Mr. Trump, supported these animals who wound up getting five cops killed at our U.S. Capitol and 145 cops injured. Anybody who attacks cops like that is not a patriot, as Mr. Trump called them. They're terrorists, and they ought to get punished, and Democrats ought to be proud enough to say that. You write in your essay, you quote the third way, and you say three of the five states with the largest increase in murder rate were Trump voting Wyoming at 91.7 percent, South Dakota 69 percent, Nebraska 59.1 percent. But as you well know, the story of the guy who gets shoved in front of the subway, which just occurred again in New York City, is the one that's going to get played on a loop. And when you talk about South Dakota's murder rate increasing, like, what is it, from two to three people? Yes, but that's, that's what's going on. When, when the media, but also Republicans, say crime is simply an urban problem. And you know they use the word urban when they mean black. Um, it, it's not. It is a problem in our cities. It is. Jacksonville, Florida is the per capita murder capital of America. It has a Republican mayor and a Republican governor and a murder rate twice the rate of New York City. But our countries, our countryside, I live in rural America. Okay, I live in rural Virginia. My county went 75 percent for Donald Trump. Crime in rural America is heartbreaking and it's increasing. And 
we're not holding the Republicans who run rural America to account for that. I'm all for holding uh, mayors, Democrat or Republican, account. Uh, I think Eric Adams in New York is a, a tough on crime cop. He's doing a good job. I think Val Demings, the former police chief in Orlando, who's running for Senate, has been tough on crime. There are a lot of good Democrats who are tough on crime. But for Democrats to cede that issue, to simply be quiet, when Republicans have nothing to say about it, what's their answer to crime? Give, give assault weapons to teenagers who can then walk into a school in my beloved home state of Texas and slaughter children? I don't think that's a very good solution. How about the argument that these progressive DAs think uh, Krasner in Philadelphia, think Gascon in L.A., Chesa Boudin in San Francisco, who would, who truthfully were sponsored with George Soros money, but they've made they've made things into a revolving door. You know the argument. And, Paul, there's a lot of data to support it. Oh, I, I don't live in any of those places. So I'm not an expert. I don't really know it. But I am very open to your argument, Michael. I think. Democrats, including Mr. Krasner, your DA there in Philly, you know, the, the Democrats in San Francisco, the liberals got rid of Mr. Boudin, their That's true. Uh, district attorney, because they thought he wasn't tough enough on crime. I think they're right. I don't live there. But even the most liberal city in America can recalled one of those ultra leftist prosecutors. I, I, the, what I want to hear Democrats say, <clears throat> which Senator Catherine Cortez Masto says in Nevada, former prosecutor, which Val Demings, a former cop, says is, you know, some people belong in jail. And I put them there. Murderers, rapists, wife beaters, terrorists. That's who I want to put in prison. That's who I have put in prison. By the way, that's what uh, John Fetterman in your state of Pennsylvania did. He dropped the crime rate in Braddock, which is a tough town, as you know. While, you know, Mr. Oz was selling, you know, snake oil and living in a million dollar mansion in New Jersey. The Democrats got to make that case. You know, I I just have to say, like Braddock has been made out to be in Pennsylvania. Let's and you know a thing or two about Pennsylvania. Like you got Philly and you got Pittsburgh and you got Braddock. Braddock is like eighteen hundred people. Oh, yeah. But they had a serious crime problem. And John Fetterman helped reduce it again. While Dr. Oz was was selling snake oil to innocent people who were worried about their weight. If that's not a crime, it ought to be. Um, so I, I think Fetterman should be unafraid of the crime issue in that debate tomorrow. I get a lean into it. He's actually done something about crime. Well, you know this. He has the dates of every murder victim in his little town tattooed on his arm and on his soul. And that's what I want in a leader, somebody who feels my pain and then acts, right? Because the truth is it's Democrats who are the victims of crime far more, far more. Three, you know, three, Elon Musk's stupid spaceship is not going to get carjacked. Right. But, you know, Democrats very often suffer far more from crime. You agree. Three words of political malpractice. Defund the police. Disaster. What a disaster, Michael. What a disaster. It's been a catastrophe. It is. I've been doing this even longer than you. I've been doing this 35 plus years. I've never seen a slogan do more damage, Uh, both political and real. You know, there's a lot of bad cops and we're getting rid of them. And nobody has tolerance, nobody, for police brutality, including the cops, by the way. But when you say defund the police, that's insane. I will note in Minneapolis, where George Floyd was murdered by a man who at the time was a cop, um, a, 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 a vote on defunding the police, it failed miserably, and especially in the black wards. The black wards voted against defunding the police overwhelmingly. And those folks are the heart of the Democratic Party. Those folks suffer more from crime and they suffer more from police brutality. So, I I mean, I definitely think that slogan has been colossally damaging 
And whatever lunkhead came up with it ought to, ought to just go uh, into the, the consultant protection program. You, you'll not be surprised that as I'm speaking to Paul Begala and looking at the monitors, MSNBC right now is doing a, a package on Christ and DeSantis. Chiron on CNN, more than half of GOP governor nominees questioned or denied the legitimacy of the election. And on Fox, they just went to commercial break. But as of a second ago, it was an image of someone getting pushed in front of a subway in New York City. This is this is the framing that you're exactly right. right about that. I don't know why your college get angry in the main. The Democrats want to run on Trump abortion January 6th. And, and they motivate the Democratic base. Those are real issues. In the main, Republicans <clears throat> want to run on inflation, crime borders. Those are real issues, too. They are simply because the Republicans want to run on it doesn't mean the Democrats should be silent. I think we can take that issue away from them because I actually believe that the Democrats like Joe Biden, like Val Demings, like Catherine Cortez Masto, they have a really simple formula. More cops, fewer guns. The far left doesn't want to hear more cops. The far right doesn't want to hear fewer guns. But I think that's the formula that 80% of Americans would get behind. Democrats articulate that. Republicans can't because they don't have the strength to stand up to the, uh, the gun nuts. Hey, Paul, before you leave me, will you step back from the crime issue? Again, thank you so much for being here. I I love the fact that you're making this case. But step back for a moment. We're 15 days out. You know the conventional wisdom is one of the momentum has now, the big mo, as Bush 41 would have said, has shifted to the Republican Mm -hmm. Party. How how do you see control of the House and Senate from, you know, sort of 30,000 feet? I, I think actually the Senate map is more favorable for the Democrats. The House map is more favorable for the Republicans. And it's because, as Mitch McConnell said, candidate quality. Uh, Mr. Trump has given the Republicans a, a, a great many really awful candidates. Just not talented. I mean, not, I don't agree with most Republicans on most issues, but just talent. I mean, Oz is, is a knucklehead. Masters is an extremist. Uh, Herschel Walker is a basket kid. Um, so they have hurt themselves. They've left a lot of seats uh, on, on the table. And maybe they win them. I don't know. But I think the Senate, Mr. Trump, has made it very difficult for the Republicans to win. On the House side, you do have the tide of history. In 100 years, there's only two times that a newly elected president gained seats in the midterm. 1934, Great Depression, 2002, 9-11. Um, and so you're asking the Democrats to buck a historic trend. And, and the Dobbs decision repealing Roe was very big, not as big as 9-11, not as big as the Great Depression. Yeah, I think you're probably right. I, I take interest in the fact that Real Clear Politics a few days ago had Republicans 53, Democrats 47 in the Senate, and they were giving Pennsylvania and Georgia to Oz and to uh, Herschel Walker, despite the fact Herschel that Walker, their, yeah. the, their own amalgamated, that's not the right word, but their, their own averages of right. polls show Democrats were still winning those states, but they were saying, well, but the momentum seems to be the wind is at the back of the GOP. But as of this morning, when I took an early look, it was 47-46 and seven undecided, and they'd put Pennsylvania and Georgia back into the undecided category. That's interesting. I, I'd say I prefer 538. I think sometimes real clear politics puts the thumb on the scale and includes in their averages some pretty crummy polls. But then now we're wonking out. The, the truth is they're both on the knife's edge. Uh, yeah, I mean, and, I think and, where, where was I mean, Nate Silver was what, at 51 percent coming down from the 70s just two weeks ago? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's all on the knife's edge. And, and you know, that it's good for people like you and me. It's probably causing heartburn for the campaign managers and, and the candidates. But it is why your listeners, who uh, I'm sorry to blow, I'm not blowing smoke, but they're really smart people and highly informed. They need to get all of their friends 
all of their enemies, all of their neighbors. <laughs> Get them out to vote. Yeah, for sure. Fifteen days, no excuses. It, hey, Paul, that was that was really excellent, matters, Michael. It really your matters. Piece, so thank you for what you're doing. I your, love your show, and I love your TV thanks. show. Thanks. It's just great. Thank you for that. Your piece is in my social media, and I want people. I mean, I, nobody else has stepped forward to make the case and say, "Hey, Democrats, we should own this issue." So thank you. Thanks, brother. Paul Begala, ladies and gentlemen, the Democratic strategist, CNN oh, political commentator. Wait, I can't let you go without that. What? <laughs> we got a bet. We got a bet. Uh, Texas barbecue against. Uh, south philly italian or something i wouldn't i wouldn't dinner. want it to be barbecue though i would want it to be uh, there's a place in houston that's a tex-mex place and there are a number of them but there's one that's the main i'm trying to think of what it Nymph- is the, Nymphas. Nymphas is a legend Nymphas. That's, that's it that's it that's the one yeah oh my Nymphas. mama Nympha. Uh, we 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 gotta go michael i love philly right, as now, you know and i live yeah. there but houston is my home so go astros first team ever to sweep the yankees four straight Ever. It's unbelievable, isn't it? I, I must say, it unbelievable. Greatest series, but Paul, I love Phillies. I love their Paul. Fans. The thing this is, is the Phillies, the series. Phillies are so exciting to watch. That the, the personalities are. are involved, and yes. just their looks and the hair and everything. They got it all going on. Everything, yeah, it's everything. This gonna is gonna be fun. Be the most fun. It's gonna be the most fun ever. But I'm all in for Houston, Michael. Sorry. Thank you, Paul. Appreciate it, Paul right, Begala, ladies Amen. and gentlemen. Yeah, under Houston in my iPhone, Nymphas. And so, what are you betting? Does, You're betting. Him, I don't know. I think like, he's, I, I played a Tex Mex versus a. He owes a, me. He owes me a meal. A when, when the Phillies win, perfect. So, something. Something along those lines. Good stuff. This is the Smirconish podcast from SiriusXM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready Rav Four. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS. Sirius XM Channel 124 and on the SXM app. You see uh, Admiral Stavridis up there? He's got the, the game of risk. Yes, he does. Behind him. Sure does. I told him once, I don't know if it was on air or off, I said, I said, in our house, it's battleship. Nice. We don't we don't get more sophisticated than battleship. All you're doing is just bombing those ships. And- the game of risk, they had all those little colored cubes. I think my brother played it. Yeah. But I, Stratego. Oh, boy. Stratego. Nice. Good one. Good one. Uh, what did you find, TC? So I'm looking for what uh, Biden has said on the 1994 crime bill. And there's a piece from 2019 that said he was defending his, this is during the campaign, mm. defending his support decades ago for a controversial crime bill, saying in a speech in South Carolina, there's another part of my long record that's been grossly misrepresented, the 1994 crime bill, talking about how he spoke in a speech in Sumter, South Carolina, on July 6th, in which he addressed his earlier remark a few weeks ago about working with some civility in the 1970s with two segregationalist Southern Democrats to get things done, even though we didn't agree on much of anything. So he was talking about uh, the 
what his comments were then and his support and Look, his, I mean, his authorship of the Paul, 1994 crime bill. Paul believes that Democrats ought to be willing to own it. Maybe not all of it, because he very quickly said he doesn't own all of it. Um, but you you mentioned the 94 crime bill to Democrats and everybody runs for coverage. Like, oh, because it led to uh, mass incarceration. Mass incarceration. They don't want to be any part of that. He's saying what Biden has said is that that was not um, the crime bill because that was the states, not the federal law. All right. And I don't. Uh, it's not that I've been sitting here idle myself. Now, here's my update from WABC. A man uh, oh, is good. I wouldn't want you over there idle. A man is recovering from a collar, a broken collarbone, sprains and bruises after being shoved onto the subway tracks in Brooklyn. David Martin, 32, lifelong New Yorker who has taken the subway since middle school and was taking it to work on Friday when he was attacked at the Wyckoff Myrtle Station in Bushwick for no reason. By someone he barely saw. In the blink of an eye, I was pushed with full force onto the train tracks. Scary, right? But, and, and you know, that will now be, and it deserves attention. It deserves attention. But disproportionately, that's going to get the coverage. Okay, Lincoln, uh, it's got to be Nebraska, not Maine, right, Jim? No, it's, it's Nebraska. Yeah, thought so. Go ahead, sir. What did you want to say in, in fo- follow-up to Paul Begala? I appreciate you bringing Paul Begala on to give the case for the Democrats as as best as he can try. But I think most voters still blame this crime wave on the Democrats and the defund the police movement. And I think the Achilles heel in his argument is even if you refund the police, as he's now calling for, you still can't deal with the the ideological district attorneys who won't prosecute violent crimes. I agree with that. Look, defund the police was the best idea with the worst name. I'm sure somebody can go and cut the tape on what I just said. It was the best idea, he said. Best idea insofar, and thank you, Jim, insofar as the notion was that not every situation for which the police are called warrants an armed response. That was the idea. Who called it defund the police? We're going to take away your funding. Ridiculous. Political malpractice, as I said. But in many, a mental health circumstance isn't the better response that somebody goes out who's got the training. And and, and unless there's a reason to believe it's potentially violent, isn't armed and doesn't arrive on the scene armed. If you need somebody armed, then you call for the cops. Hi, Mark. You're in Arkansas. Respond to what you heard in my conversation with Paul Begala. Morning, Michael. Hey. My question, or and I don't have the numbers in front of me, so I'm, I'm posing it as a question and sure. one that I wish you would have challenged uh, Begala on. Clearly, a, a 100% increase or a 90% increase in crime in a place like South Dakota or Nebraska might be a small number relative to the total number in the base. Whereas a 20% increase in a place like Philadelphia could be a huge number. And while, I mean, Mr. Bogala is a spinmeister just like all other political operatives are. So for him to position it as a red state issue is very, it's a spin. And what I'd really like to have had was a couple of questions that challenged him on the numbers, just like it would have been if it would have been a, Okay, you are you are you are feeling very let down, I can tell by the host of the program. Perhaps you did not hear when I said when the murder rate increases in South Dakota, we're talking about going from two murders to three. 
Like, you heard that, right? Yeah. No, actually, I didn't hear it out because I was right in the middle of calling for the uh, phone call. So I apologize. <laughs> That's all right. No, 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 no sweat. Listen, here's what I like about Paul. Is he here to sell you? He is, I'm sure. Uh, he's he's a, you know, he's a partisan. But I like the fact that Paul Begala acknowledges the error of his party's ways, including when I said, is it not political malpractice to use the words defund the police? He said, ah, you know, absolutely. Let me give you an answer to your your legitimate question. It's this, and it's from his essay. He's expressed these in percentage per capita terms. So quoting from his piece, it turns out that in 2020, the murder rates in the states Trump carried were 40% higher per capita than in the states Biden won. In fact, eight of the 10 states with the highest per capita murder rates voted for Republican nominees in every presidential election. Senator Tuberville's sweet home of Alabama is number four, exceeded in murder rate only by Mississippi, Louisiana, and Kentucky. Further along in the piece, and I quoted from this, third-way study also reveals a startling fact about the murder in rural America, murder rate in rural America. Three of the five states with the largest increase in murder rate were Trump voting Wyoming, 91.7%, South Dakota, 69%, Nebraska, 59.1%. These states are decidedly rural and do not conform to the chaos in the city meme that is overtaking the crime debate. Okay, I get his point, but to the caller's point, you know, a 3% rise in South Dakota versus a 3% rise in New York City, we're talking exponentially more people in the cities. And they are run by Democrats um exclusively right i mean can i think of in in certainly certainly if you're talking chicago if you're talking philly if you're talking new york if you're talking la the big cities are all run by d's they they have to own what's going on there and the progressive prosecutor introduction i think is is a real issue is a real issue when i talked about it on cnn uh, and would reference, you know, the Soros back, uh, back process. You know, I got, yeah, I got all the, you, you, you belong on Fox. It's a legitimate issue. Krasner in Philly. Hey, by the way, here's something I'm now going to say that might make you think that I'm, I'm uh, contradictory, but I don't think so. So Krasner is, he could be the most progressive district attorney in the country. Uh, and was one of that, that, group that class that was put into office with sponsorship of Soros and other progressive groups, no cash bail, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. His record was litigated here a year ago in a reelection battle where he was challenged by a former prosecutor, someone who'd come out of the DA's office. Uh, I'm embarrassed to say the gentleman's name escapes me. It was in a Republican, or pardon me, in a Democratic primary, because that's the only thing that matters in Philly. There's like a, a seven to two or so registration edge. But the point is, Krasner's record got an airing and he survived. I don't think he, politically speaking, should have survived. If I were a voter in the city, I would have voted against him. He's too liberal for me. Having said that, why are you laughing? What? What's the deal? No, I'm not. I'm just Why don't I just be like I'm everybody else? I'm following along. No, no I'll, I'll do what not. you want. I'll just be like everybody else. Well, yeah, okay. that's it. That's it. That's the end of the story. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. Hey, Snarly over there. I am just following along. Go. But part two is for now the Republican legislature to come along and overturn the will of Philadelphians because they think he's too progressive. I think it's an overreach.
I think it's an overreach. If he violated the terms of his office, if he were corrupt, and there's no evidence of him being corrupt, then, you know, okay, use whatever levers you can. Do you get that? But you don't like my nuance. You you want it black and white like everybody else. Oh, my. Wow. I'll give, I'll give you wow. what you want Happy from now Monday. on. I'll just okay. do the talking Great. points. Mm-hmm. Good. This is the Smirconish Podcast from Sirius XM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS. Sirius XM Channel 124 and on the SXM app. Uh, Millersville, Maryland. Millersville, Maryland. That's where Mike is standing by. Hi, Mike. Go ahead and take the floor. Hi, Michael. Hey. Uh, my response to crime is get guns off the streets. Yeah, I like it, too. I uh, I don't know. Republicans make money off of guns. It's just not going to happen in my lifetime. I'm a, I'm a fatalist on this issue. Get guns off of streets. That's the response. Don't say I agree with happen. You have to make it happen. There are too many weapons in too many hands. We do not we do not own the market on mental health in the United States, right? Mental health issues know no boundaries. So what distinguishes us from everybody else? It's the way the Second Amendment has been interpreted. Notice I'm not saying it's the Second Amendment. No, no, it's the no, way no, that no, no, no. You're clouding the issue. The issue is crime. You brought it up. Guns cause the crime. Get them off the streets. Okay. All right. Let's go do that. And thank you, sir. I do appreciate it. I was trying to make more nuance, but I I forgot. I forgot. That's what what I'm here for. Get the guns off the streets. That's what I should have said. Hi, Dan. You're in Florida. Greetings. What did you want to say? Hey, man. It's an honor to talk to you. I am one of your conservative listeners. All right. I just wanted to tell your your speaker, Paul, I just want to reply back to him. And I'm reminded every time I go to the grocery store, the Democrats are in charge. Every time I fill up my gas tank, I'm reminded the Democrats are in charge. Every time I open up the newspaper, the Democrats are in charge. You know, and there's the Democrats own it. And I'm reminded of our border. Yeah, I know you say Fox News. The Democrats are making it easy for Fox News to carry their water to the Republicans' water, because the Fox News is just saying the truth. You know, they show the border wide open all day long, 24-7. Yeah, they're carrying the water for the Republicans, but like I said, they're making it easy. No, listen, I, I, I agree. I agree with you on the uh, the border issue. I had a link either yesterday or Saturday in my newsletter. Hope you're a subscriber uh, on the record number of interdictions in September at the border. 
And yeah, they've the, the, the White House has got to own that. And Kamala Harris has got to own that. And notice nobody, nobody says, oh, well, that's how many we stopped. Isn't that a good thing? No, because the perception is if that's how many you stopped, that also means that the number who got through probably set a record. Yeah. Thank you. Appreciate it very much. Chicago, Illinois. Hi, Charlie. Hey. Hey. Um, I was calling specifically about the the per capita argument. Um, my my point is that when you use numbers to describe something or make decisions, numbers on their own aren't sufficient. You need to compare them to something else. So what makes the number of a certain type of crime significant is the context within which it occurs, which is the per capita. Um, and then when you have, uh, in order to to see a trend, you need to compare those over time. So a, a 50% increase in crime that goes from two to three is fine, but it only takes a few iterations of that 50% increase before it's up to 100. So I know that like attacking the, say when you attack the argument or you, when you attack the logic, you've already lost the argument kind of thing. You know, I uh, understand. Listen, I understand it the way you've expressed it. You've expressed it much more clearly than I did. And Therefore, the point being, a lot more people are being murdered in the cities when you do the comparison to a South Dakota or a Wyoming. They they could have a 100 percent increase and it might only go from I'm joking now, but from two to three or three to four, uh, whereas a, you know, 10 percent increase with population density that you find in the big urban areas. And I'm not using that as code, uh, you know, a hell of a lot more people are going to lose their lives. So another way to think about it, it, it's not talking about crime, but you talk about disease or like bad outcomes of something. We say, okay, well, uh, there were 0.1% of something went bad. Well, what is the 0.1%? Well, you know, numerator and denominator, but flip that around and say, okay, if you want to be fear mongering, say 10,000 people died from X. Okay. But 10,000 out of how many? 10,000 out of a million, 10,000 out of a hundred thousand. It's it's how how that number is presented changes how you view it. I totally agree. It sounds small yeah. or big. Are you I, are I you an en- are you an engine are you an engineer? <laughs> I'm a computer scientist. Aha. Okay, it's a really valid point. Thank you for making it. Here's the here's the extent of uh, the extent of my numerology. I paid seven dollars for. Okay, it was slightly more than a pound of ground beef. I made uh, I made tacos. Um, last, what night was it? I, I was a bachelor. Taco Tuesday? I don't know. I don't even know the night. I, but I was, a, I was a bachelor, a bachelor. and I, I wanted to be good to myself. So I, I went and got the ground beef and I got the corn tortilla shells, yellow, not white, please. Were you very happy about this whole situation? And I fried them. Oh you got to fry them. Here we go. I'm going to go to that capers place that sells kitchen materials. Yep. Because what I don't have is a good pair of tongs to do the flip in the oh. oil. Oh, I got good tongs. And I I've got them from a restaurant supply store. I've got, t- I just swallowed. I have tongs that, that are really for burgers and they got a little grip to them. Oh, yeah. But they cut through the tortilla. Can't do that. No. No. But I paid like $7. To be fair, it was slightly more than a pound. It may have, okay. it may have been a, maybe a bit, maybe like one, two, zero of a mm. pound. Um, but that's nuts. That's nuts for, for, for my ground beef. So to the caller's point about every time you go out and you spend money, you know, you might be thinking in those terms. Gas at, at 437, I think I saw yesterday. I, I wasn't filling up with it. 
but I, I took note of it when I went in for coffee. Yeah, but 437 is good. Man. Um, okay, Sorry? Chuck, you're in. Hey, Chuck. Good. Hey, Chuck. Go ahead, sir. You're in Illinois. Sorry about that. Hey, hey, sorry. Hi. I was trying to get my two-year-old grandson on my lawnmower. Um, Uh-oh, be uh, careful. And he's, a, and he's a devout St. Louis Cardinal fan, so sorry about your Phillies. Anyway, if you want to see the Pagala's argument is, is so ludicrous, come to Illinois, Chicago. Chicago tries to beat, beat itself every, every week with more deaths by gunfire. St. Louis, which I live 20 miles from. St. Louis, they're killing kids every night in St. Louis. There were just two two young girls killed Sunday night, you know, with guns, just shot. Um, crime we are is, totally, is, is we are totally desensitized to that. Totally desensitized. It's a horrible, know, it's a horrible thing to say. But if I turn on the local news and they tell me that X number of people were killed in North Philadelphia today... I'm going to pause for a moment and keep moving. And I hate to sound so callous. It's because, like, every day you hear that. But you want to see what the Democrats are doing. Come to Illinois. We're going to have on our ballot, or not on our ballot, excuse me, it's already been passed, or somehow the legislator passed the Safety Act, which is, again, cashless bail. Yep. Okay? Yep. We're going to lead the nation in cashless bail. We're going to let all these people out. Somebody could... the, the, the the, the the opposite of that is they say you could have somebody living in your shed behind your house and you couldn't get them out because the police won't even come after them because of cashless bail. And it's I, uh, just a ridiculous. friend of Chuck, thank you. Take care of the uh, the grandson of the tractor. A, uh, a friend of mine was the late great John Timothy. He was the police chief in Philly, the police chief in Miami, and he was the number two in New York. A wonderful guy, a cop's cop, like straight out of a, a movie, you know, c- came here from Ireland, had the had the brogue, uh, wonderful sense of humor, just enjoyed being in his company. Why do I bring him up? Because on his watch, there was this report issue. I've gone back and I've tried to find it. It's the kind of thing where I had a hard copy and then I discarded it, Conmari, and now it would bring me joy. But the premise was that in our city, that there were round numbers, 5,000 bad seeds. 5,000 guys. Yeah, and they were guys committing dis- I mean, like an, an enormous percentage of the crime. And the issue was, according to Timothy and the data, you got to keep them locked up. Because these 5,000 guys, every time they get out, they're into bad things. It made great sense at the time, and it makes sense to me now. And the cashless bail idea overlooks the fact that they may be relatively minor crimes, but they are crimes and they're repeat offenders. And they just it's a revolving door. It's a revolving door. Huge change in the way that we uh, we elect district attorneys. Remember, remember, it used to be you'd thump your chest and promise to lock up the bad guys and throw away the key. Not anymore. Not anymore. I think that pendulum is going to swing. And by, by the same token. There are some people who behind shouldn't be behind bars. Uh, every time I hear like, and they let the people out because they were smoking weed. I don't think anybody's in it's a slammer for smoking weed. I don't know. No, no. They, they, it's, it's because they smoke weed and they were doing other things. They were wanted for an assault case and then they smoke weed. And it's like, oh, my God, this is the guy for the assault. That's my perception. I, I just don't buy into it. I, I would never lock up somebody for smoking weed. Are you kidding me? But I don't think we do. Here- 
more of Michael Smirconish on Sirius XM's POTUS, Channel 124. Live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east or anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. Michael Smirconish for Independent Minds.